Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome into the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, filling in. We'll hear from Steve Zaki in one second. Final inspection is brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Uh, you, yeah, Union Grove, Wisconsin. And uh, David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale, or you can visit them online at davidhobbs.com. Now we welcome in on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the man, Mr. Steve Zaki. Steve, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, and uh, the weather today is just fantastic. Also, I'm at the Milwaukee Mile for the 23rd annual uh, Miller's at Milwaukee Vintage uh, IndyCar event that, of course, celebrates the life of the uh, Harry Miller, and those who may not be aware, he's kind of the father of the Offenhauser engine and was a great uh, uh, builder of Indy cars in the, in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, and actually hailed from uh, Menominee, Wisconsin, a Wisconsin-born uh, fellow who was in the many, many uh, auto racing hall of fames across the United States. And uh, this event was started by uh, uh, David Eline, that many uh, may remember in the Milwaukee area, and then also the uh, Chuck uh, Chuck uh, Davis and Bob Sutherland, and uh, it's just it's a neat event. It's open to uh, uh, it's open, you know, for indie cars, indie 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 car uh, uh, entries from 1965 and older. So it's a neat event and. It's a great way, you know, people are wondering, oh, what's going on at the Milwaukee Mile? It might not be an IndyCar race or something, but there's always something happening, you know, uh, on the track, whether it's driver schools or what. And this is an opportunity for the public to come out and visit. Yeah, that's a, it's a fantastic event. Miller's at the Milwaukee Mile, the vintage IndyCar event. And, you know, just what a treat it is to actually see race cars on the track. Yeah, it certainly is. And it, uh, certainly we got about, about 45 cars here this weekend and all sorts of stuff, you know, dating. I think the oldest one we have is a, a car from uh, 1909 and then going all the way to the mid-60s. You know, the, the uh, uh, roadsters, a lot of the fans may remember back in the day that are here driven, you know, guys by A.J. Foyt and Parnelli Jones and those fellas. Yeah, that's fantastic. If you guys follow the final inspection on Facebook, uh, just search TFI, the final inspection show. I'm sure you're going to post a ton of fantastic pictures on there, right, Steve? You bet. Yeah, we're starting to already. I, I posted some. Also, on the you know you know also follow that, and then also your Harry Miller Club too on Facebook. We got a I posted a bunch of photos, and I just posted a couple today on the TFI page. So yeah, make sure to check that out. A lot of neat stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, well, before we get into uh, this week, uh, NASCAR running Kentucky, let's take a quick, quick peek back. What was your take on uh, the uh, wreck fest at Daytona with uh, your boy, Ricky Stenhouse, back in victory lane? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was incredible. I mean, I you, you got to think nobody had that trifecta in, in Vegas ever. I mean, you know, we had the thing with uh, with the Formula One race, which was such an oddball podium, and then with with the podium last week with with, with Stenhouse and those guys, just it, it was a wild, wild race. And uh, you know, who who knows? You know, it, it, it's it's been a while since we've had one of those races, and uh, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise at a restrictor plate race. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, it, it was a heck of a race and, but yeah, the, the top 10, you know, when you got Stenhouse, Menard, uh, McDowell, David Reagan, Brandon gone, Almondinger snuck in there, uh, Chris Busher, you know, that I, I'm not a huge fan of restrictor, uh, plate racing, but I do love to see when you get such a, a, a just complete wild card top 10 like you had at Daytona last week. Mm, right. And, you know, the McDowell thing, the 95 team, they've been, if you've been kind of watching them, they've been uh, making some strides and uh, slowly getting a little better, it seems like, every race. I mentioned this a few weeks ago about the 95 team, and, and you know, they've, McDowell is a, is, is a good driver who just never really got a fair shake. You know, he gets kind of, Get kind of thrown in with the deep end with uh, Michael Waltrip Motorsports and that, and there's always seemed to be a little bit of turmoil with them back in the you know, and it, so it, it it's kind of good to see him you know developing as a driver, especially with the '95 team. Yeah, very well said. And like you you know, I he was he was great all weekend long. He was top three fastest in final practice uh, leading up to the race. So. You know, while it's surprising to see him finish fourth, it probably shouldn't come as all that big of a surprise. No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. And it's, uh, you know, just, you know, they've purposely been doing that with the team, working it slowly, adding people here and there, and not trying to chew off more than they can, you know, than, than they can chew at one time, so. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Now, uh, some other news coming out of NASCAR was uh, was Matt Kenseth and uh, 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 some talk about his future. Let me play a little clip here from uh, the press conference uh, from Kentucky and hear what uh, Matt Kenseth had to say when he was asked about the question of where he will be racing next season. Uh, I'm not uh, really worried about it. Um... You know, as of today, I do not have a, a job for next year, so uh, I certainly hope to still be racing. I think I got some wins left in me, and and hopefully, we can race for championships. But uh, right now, my focus is on you know finishing up this year. And uh, you know, as we talked about, it's been kind of a slow start. It has not been a good year at all. Not nearly up to my standards or my team standards. So, um, you know, really trying to get back to victory lane. Hopefully, get qualified for the playoffs here and and have a shot at a championship is pretty much my focus at this point yeah talking about still wants to focus on on this season but uh you know the rumors is that he will not be back at uh at gibbs next season uh what what are your thoughts on uh on the local boy 
Well, it's not a surprise. It's especially with his age, you know, and it, it, you think, well, it's 45. It's become a young man's sport, and, and it, it, it's the sponsors, too, that are really NASCAR at this point, you know, and I'm sure there's some there's some talk of, of them wanting to get Eric Jones in that car, and who would want Eric Jones in that car? Well, it would be the sponsors that are sponsoring him at this point. So, And I think that was the plan all along. Um and it's a shame, but I think I think he's going to land on his feet. I, uh, there's there's a few entries out there that he can land in, especially the 88 car is the one that's getting a lot of that a lot of people are thinking, yeah, it makes kind of sense, you know, at least for a year or two. The uh, Casey Keene is always a question mark in that five car, so you know, there's a few places he could go, or he could even kind of stay in the circle a little bit and go with the 77 car where where Jones is at now. Now, if I throw out a wild card here of where he might land, give me your thoughts. What about the 10? You think Danica is going to uh, gonna be coming back to uh, Stuart Haas, and you think that uh, if she doesn't return, that that might be a landing spot for uh, Kenseth? That is very intriguing. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, you know, there's it makes it makes it makes as much sense as the other ones do at this point. Yeah, and there's been a there, there's been whispers in the garage area all year that this is her last year that she wants to settle down and start a family. Yeah, well, uh, she's got some money to spend now that uh, Stenhouse has two wins this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't think they're hurting either way, but uh, but no, yeah, that. Not. That just crossed my mind because obviously, you know, like you said, the the eighty eight, the five, the seventy seven are are all you know the the main choices. But uh, I just I was thinking about it earlier, and I just you know I I'm I would be surprised if Danica is back next season, especially back in the ten. So I you know knowing uh, Stuart Haas, you know you you got a lot of veterans. You got Harvick. You got Boyer, who's you know he's not. A super, you know, he hasn't been around for forever, but he's been around a long time. Kurt Busch, obviously, I think Kenseth might fit right in. Yeah, it, it does make sense. It really does, especially with that team. And you know, she's not going to go to a different team, a lesser team. You know, I mean, she's getting a lot of. I mean, it for for she's a talented driver. She's not in a great situation with. I mean, she's in a good situation to be where she's at with the 10 car and that. But, I mean, she's had some unbelievable luck. Seems like every, every time she gets a good run, she's getting taken out in an accident. And, and you're going to have your detractors with her. And I, she is what she is. But um, those whispers were really strong in, in the in the spring. They kind of lighten up now. But, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. They'll, they'll start picking up now. This is the time of the season where they start – you know, the old silly season starts, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, you throw some some names in there, you know, obviously with Dale retiring and Kenseth and, uh, you know, the shakeup possibly coming to, to Hendrick with Casey Kane, uh, Danica, you know, this, this might be a sillier season than usual. But we yeah, shall certainly. see. Yeah, we shall oh, yeah. see. So, all right, well, we're going to uh, take a break here. Uh, you can stick around with us for another segment, right, Steve? You betcha. All right, fantastic. Now, when we come back, uh, Jeff Gluck wrote a fantastic article 
uh, on jeffgluck.com about merchandising in NASCAR. And we're going to get into that in the next segment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final Inspection brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. And also uh, by David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale. Or visit them online at davidhobbshonda.com. Let's bring Steve Zaki back in on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Now, Steve, uh, and obviously everybody listening, check us out on Facebook. Uh, search TFI, the Final Inspection Motor Show. Uh, you posted that fantastic article by Jeff Gluck, and yes, it's a little long, but just breaks down the merchandising in NASCAR, where the money goes, uh, who gets it, how come drivers aren't doing the signing sessions like they used to uh, when you you know used to go down and everybody had their hauler out there and there'd be 10, 15, you know, 25 drivers all out there signing stuff. How come that is uh, becoming more and more rare? You know, it all started when uh, when Kyle Larson, uh, they they said that he sold $13,000 worth of merchandise during an appearance at a dirt track. And Larson tweeted out, and, you know, keep in mind, Larson is leading the NASCAR points uh, this season, tweeted out, that's more than I've made all year in NASCAR sales which is what prompted Jeff Gluck to, to write this fantastic article. What what was your takeaway from this, Steve? Well, I think we were all kind of surprised because, you know, we, we know NASCAR sales are not, you know, where they used to be. Uh, I have some friends that, that do a lot with merchandising and whatnot, and, and, and my wife does a lot some stuff on the side for selling collections and whatnot. And, and the market has been down and it's been down for a while. I mean, there was a time in, in the, in the mid 1990s was probably the heyday of it. And, and guys were, it was pretty much almost 50, 50 with some drivers, especially if you were like a Dale Earnhardt. But I mean, even if you were like a top 10 driver, just, just to pick a name, I don't know this for fat, but Someone like, let's say, Ernie Irvin or uh, Dale Jarrett or one of those guys who had a decent fan base, I mean, they were making a lot of money back in the day. And, and part of it was, some of it was misguided uh, analysis by some businesses thinking that this this thing's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, which ended up bankrupting them, which Gluck, Gluck deals with a bit in that article. So, but, I mean, the bubble did burst, but... I, I don't think anybody realized how much or, or where, where the NASCAR merchandising is for a driver or what he's putting in his pocket. I was shocked, you know, with with, with, with the percentages and all the breakdown and everything. And they, they basically said for a driver to do a signing, 
let's say, you know, let's say Kentucky this weekend, and Kyle Larson would go out to, you know, do a, a signing somewhere at a merchandise trailer, you know, jumps on his little scooter, scoots up there for an hour, hour and a half, his take home might only be, you know, what he what he eventually put would put in his pocket. It'd probably be a hundred bucks, and I, I was just shocked by that. You know, I, I mean, it, it's just I, I don't, I wouldn't go to a do a merchandise, you know, memorabilia show for a hundred if I knew I was going to make about a hundred bucks in, in in an hour or so. It's it's not worth it. I mean, at least with you're on a scooter, you're right there. But I mean. For for somebody, especially like Kyle Larson, has such a huge fan base at this point. It, it was quite shocking. I think it took a lot of people kind of like, wow, that, that's where they're at right now. Yeah, I know. It definitely took me by surprise. You know, you you, you hear all about all the money that these drivers make, and most of them have their private planes so they can sit there and fly to the track and to all their different sponsor commitments and everything like that during the week. And then, as this article points out, they usually get between 1% and 3% of their merchandise sales. Uh, and he goes on to mention a, a driver that didn't want to be named, but that he, uh, the driver sold $2 million of merchandise in a season and received $20,000 out of yeah. the $2 million pie. This is, you know, this is something where you would you would hear like a child star, you know, like you know Jeff, you know Jeffy Jeffy Orlowski, who starred in the you know the Brady Bunch two movie, and he's he suing his parents because he only got you know twenty thousand dollars out of a two million dollar sale. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you would hear, right? You know, parents are taking advantage of me. This is all I ended up with, and that's what it sounds like. If you're a NASCAR driver, you know, they talk about fanatics, this team that does the marketing and that, but I mean, it's still, well, we're taking on a big risk in that. I, we understand that, but I mean, I just, don't tell me that somebody there's, there's, I, we know there's somebody out there that could take a look at this uh, and, and go, no, we can streamline this thing. You know, it, it, it seems the model, the model seems to be it's protecting one person, and that's fanatics at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And fanatics has you know the the rights for for NASCAR merchandise, and they get seventy five percent of the sales straight off the top, seventy five percent of everything, and uh, and then the track they take fifteen percent. So between the uh, fanatics and the track, there's only ten percent left of the pie, and yeah. and usually nine percent goes to you know to the team. It's 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 crazy, and there's a lot of different ways uh, beyond merchandise. I was kind of shocked um, when I first found out that the end of the season, when they have the awards banquet and say you win the championship or you come in third or you know you get that huge check that the team takes a very large portion of that as well. Yeah. You and know, then, there, then, there's a lot of ways these guys are getting nickeled and dimed. Yeah. I mean, it's not what it was. I mean, and then, I mean, don't, don't feel sorry for, for any of these drivers that are running full time. You know I mean? These guys are, are still doing quite well, 
but it's not like what it was 10, 15 years ago. And I think that's why you have some people that are looking at the NASCAR model at this point and see, and, and they have a, they have some concern when the fan base, because I think we, we saw another, uh, another racing organization that was kind of in the same pickle where the, the merchandise was upside down and, but the sponsorship was there and then the sponsorship started to walk away. And, and you wonder, there's a lot of nervous people, I think in NASCAR and, and there's, I mean, there's so many layers of this thing where you're kind of looking at it like, mm, especially and, and and across the board, whether it's IndyCar, even Formula One and or uh, NASCAR is the age of the car owners. Yeah. I mean, Roger Penske just turned 80. Richard Childress, I think, in his, in his early 70s. And Joe Gibbs is up there. And, and you know, Rick Hendrick is, is in his 70s. And you're thinking... You know, these guys are going to ride this thing, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know. And and tell me, I know they got NASCAR put that program together, this and that, but these guys are smart. And if, 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 they, if they see they're not going to put themselves uh, in, at an at a economic vulnerable position. Yeah, I agree with you. The You know, in the article – he talks about ways that you can get around that if you want to better financially support your favorite driver. And he talks about guys like uh, Joey Logano, and there's a, there's a ton of other ones that have – you can buy shirts basically directly from them. They get a bigger right. chunk of the pie. Now, it's not going to have the NASCAR logo. Chances are it's not going to have any of the sponsors' logos on it. But if you want a shirt that says, you know – I'm a Logano guy or, you know. Why you would want that, I don't know. Well, I agree 10,000%. I I think you and I both agree, though, if you want to support someone is get you out to a short track and buy a short track T-shirt. Absolutely. Or or buy your, you know, Kyle Larson T-shirt when he's running at a short track. Yeah, I agree. The only problem I see is that if you start having these drivers start hawking their own merchandise online eventually is that's gonna that's gonna tick off the sponsors and when when you're in a sponsor driven sport that might make for a few uh, rough conversations to be had down the line yeah yeah you know this is a real i mean this is this is interesting how this kind of bubbled up to the surface but this this could be when we look back five years from now, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if we're having a conversation and we're like, yeah, remember when Kyle Larson put that tweet out? And that's when this first started, people started to take notice on the merchandise thing and, and how upside down that is. Yeah. You know, because you, you look at what's happening in the NBA, you know, all the, all, everybody everybody's comparing each other to other sports and whatnot. And everybody's looking at the NBA going, okay, what are they doing that we're not doing? And you know, there's a lot of people at the NFLPA, the players association that's going, Hey, Hey, look at these guys in New York. What look, look at these contracts or look at this TV contract they got, you know, and there's a lot of, a lot of people going, you know, why, why, why are we getting 
20% raises and contracts like, like some of these guys are, you know. I mean, you look at what J.J. Reddick signed for. Oh, I know. Ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Oh. I agree with you. Well, uh, to find that article, you can either go to jeffgluck.com or the easier way to do it is go to facebook.com and like the final inspection show page, and you can find yep. it right on there. Uh, so, Steve, before I, I let you go, uh, the Brewers are, are up three to nothing right now already on the Yankees. That's incredible. I mean, this is a train. I mean, I was listening to uh, to the postgame show last night with Tim Allen. It was, it was interesting because he was playing, uh, what's his name, uh, Farrell on uh, CBS. And, mm-hmm. and the, the national media is starting to uh, take notice now. Because it, it was interesting. As a Brewer fan, you're like, well, if they're in first place on May 1st, that's kind of that's kind of cool. And then they were like, Okay, if they're in first place by Memorial Day, okay, let's see what happens. Okay, so now a lot of people are saying, okay, if they're in first place by you know July fourth or the All Star break, and not only are they still in first place, but they actually were able to put a game or two between them and the Cubs. So I think the excitement is starting to build now. But here's the big the big problem, and I'm sure Tim Allen will and, and those guys will, will will talk about this. Is, is when a team is hot, you don't want to go on that break. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, they're catching the all-star break at the wrong time here. Exactly. And they're like, oh, they want you want them to just keep playing at this point. But So it'll be interesting to see. I think this is fantastic. If they sweep the Yankees, fine. Or they go 2-1, and one, that's fine. But the big question I want to see is those, those first two series after the all-star break, can they maintain this pace? Yeah. Yeah, great point, great point. Well, Mr. Zaki, thank you for, for joining uh, me on your own show here. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I thought we wanted to, uh, and I want to let the fans know that uh, the, the Harry Miller meet will be here next year, uh, and, and so the, the track is not going away. And we always joke the you know, joke that they it, it can't go away anyways because they owe too much money on the grandstands yet. But next <laughs> year, the Harry Miller meet will be on July 13th and 14th. That's a Friday and Saturday. So don't don't worry about the Milwaukee Mile. Being, you know, you're going to wake up one day and, and it's going to be totally empty and there's going to be, uh, you know, uh, just a gravel field here. It's not going away. We're signed up for next year to have another vintage event. There's still racing. The SCCA does open. You, you know, you can bring – what kind of car you drive? You drive a Sentra? I have a, a Lexus. Oh, oh, that's even better. You can bring your Lexus down to the Milwaukee Mile on certain days. The SCCA has track days, and you can run your car on the road course here at the Milwaukee Mile and see what you can do. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. 75 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever it is. And uh, you can take it out here and, and, and see what you got. So, um, I you know, it, it, I, I drove around yesterday. I was checking out the things. The road course is in great shape. The, the track is still very, very smooth. There's no cracks on it. But the, the biggest thing, and we were talking about this last night, is, is where this track is going to be. If they don't get a national event here or is – you know, it, it's in good shape now, but are, will the state be able to maintain it? And then that's the big question mark. So we'll see what happens. I, like I said, 
if they can if they can bring a gateway down in St. Louis, the one mile over there, back from the dead, you know, they, they should be able to do something here. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to keep you from your uh, scores of uh, of fans out there. So, have <laughs> Diane Hendrick, save the Milwaukee Mile, please. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Steve. Have a great time out there, and everybody look look for pictures and and everything on on the Facebook page, uh, the Final Inspection Show and, Facebook page. And we'll be on the road. At State Fair Park uh, next month. Looking forward to that. So, if you want to see the final inspection out on the road, we'll be out at the at Fair Park in the new uh, studios that uh, we're going to have out there next to the Budweiser Pavilion. So, come on out. Should be a good time. Fantastic. A show for the people. So, unfortunately, you'll be you'll be locked up away in your closet though at the station. Though that's fine. It's air conditioned in here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Steve. Have a great one, and uh, enjoy uh, the vintage Indy cars at the Milwaukee Mile. Thank you for covering. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from Dennis and Larry coming up next. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Steve. And just like Mr. Zaki said when we come back from this short break, Dennis Michelson, Lori Monroe will give you all the latest in NASCAR. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.